This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 21st. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. So, what can I say but thanks to Steve Jackson for his return appearance last week, delivering the tale of the tape following a full year of dealing with COVID-19. Steve, as you'll recall, was my very first guest interview following the COVID-19 lockdowns last year. We were just entering week three of the coronavirus crisis when Steve joined us, and his return last week was with a look back at lessons learned, as well as a look forward to what pizza to go in the post-COVID world may look like. Lots of lessons learned, and thanks again, Steve, for sharing some of them here. This week's interview also features lessons learned, but of a different sort. Today, we're going to hear from Mark Van Wy, CEO of a magical brand that began franchising the first time in 2009. Zoom Room came to market with lots of sizzle and appeal, but it did so with a somewhat miscued marketing message and with unit-level economics that were not quite ready for prime time. Well, most of us know that no matter how much sizzle a brand may have, stories like that usually don't end well. Well, not the case here. Mark Van Wy was a founding partner at Zoom Room, but he wasn't the CEO, nor was he the go-to guy responsible for the financial disciplines of the business, at least not back then. That all changed in 2016, when he bought out his partner, became CEO, brought venture capital in, and got a second chance to do it all right. It's a great story and a magical brand. Zoom Room CEO Mark Van Wy joins me in two minutes or less to tell you all about it. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive set so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. Zoom Room is an indoor dog training gym with locations across the U.S. and with many more on the way. Founded in 2007, they boast making more than 100,000 towels wag. Zoom Room franchisees complete a proprietary intensive training program deeply rooted in the scientific literature of animal behavior and the tenets of positive reinforcement. They offer group classes, private training, playgroups, and other socialization events 
including birthday parties and doggy disco fundraisers for local rescue organizations. Their ever-growing curriculum includes obedience, puppy classes, dog agility, and a wide range of enrichment programs. Some of their specialties include shy dog workshops that address the anxieties often found in newly rescued dogs, therapy dog training, advanced dog tricks, and even puplatis to provide core conditioning and stability for older dogs. And now, under Mark's leadership, the corporate team are also experts, too, in scaling for sustainable growth through sensible franchising. And Mark is here to tell us all about it. Mark Van Wy, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. We're going to have a very interesting conversation today about a brand that hasn't yet hit some of the high watermarks that my audience is used to hearing about from franchisors that have attained tremendous success already. But there's a different kind of story here today that I think is every bit as important to share. And we're going to go ahead and share that story and lessons that we don't teach today, we hope are every bit as valuable as those that come from CEOs of legacy enterprise level brands, because yours, I'm quite convinced, is one that's on its way to being exactly that. So why don't we start the way I always do. And before we get into the story of the brand and your role in putting your hands on the clay at Zoom Room, let's take the audience back to where you and franchising first found one another. It would be my pleasure. My background had been largely in education and working as an educational consultant and curriculum developer, and most notably, with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, helping to design many of their after-school programs, all of these being leveraged nationwide and scaled to millions of kids. And when my partner, who originally came up with the opportunity for Zoom Room, had pitched it to me, the idea from the outset was for it to be a franchisable, scalable, replicable model, which I already knew how to scale an educational platform on a national scale. And that would have been what year? We first started planning in 2007, and then franchising began in 2009. So why don't you take us forward from there? Tell us how franchising began, what it was you were looking for at that time, and then we'll ask you to give us a brief look back from the current day, because today we're going to talk as much about things that you're going to be doing based on lessons learned. So we want to get to the lessons learned part by revisiting the timeline from 09 until the current day. Certainly. So 2009, of course, should strike a chord as financial crisis and a difficult time to be starting a business. But what we had come out with was something that was such a complete difference than anything else in the pet sector that was available for franchising that we were really flooded with demand and garnered a lot of interest from franchisees from the get-go. It was a much more affordable model and a really much more fun and engaging one and had been designed to eliminate the typical headaches you'd find in more old school ones like daycare and kennels, things of that nature. So there was some rapid early growth My own role in the company at the time was not at the helm. I was building up sort of the look and the feel of it, what captured people's emotions, as well as the technology underpinning of it. Going a few years in, I suddenly was at a wedding, actually, and I had a a friend of mine come up to me, a close friend, and tell me that she had a dog and wanted to know if I could give her the name of a good place to take a training. And I was a bit taken aback. And I said, well, did you forget what I do? And she said, oh, no, not like agility stuff at the Zoom room. I mean, basic obedience, puppies type stuff. And that was when I realized there had been a real misfire in how the marketing was approaching 
people. They weren't seeing us as something that solved everyday needs for dog training. And then as I began to pull at that thread, a lot came unraveled. And what I discovered very sadly was I had never really been looking at the numbers. It wasn't my job and shame on me for having my head in the sand. But when I saw that these locations were just breaking even and that a lot of these locations, I started to go back to their applications and find that a lot of these franchisees early on didn't have sufficient capital to start a business like this and weren't in locations that were necessarily the ideal ones. I was really taken aback. There was so much about this brand that was great, but clearly quite a bit that was way off kilter from what I would have liked. All right. So as a baseline, then let's just set the table for what we're going to unpack. You, unlike others in the canine space, you're not a retail store for the purchase of dog food or supplies, although you have a retail component. You're not a kennel or a daycare. You're zoned retail as opposed to industrial because you really are a retail store. You have a better insurance position than most people would in the doggy daycare, right? So you're not saying goodbye to the owners and working with the dogs. The owners are there and with the dogs the entire time, if my understanding is correct. Exactly. Our motto really tells our story, which is we don't train dogs. We train the people who love them. Mm -hmm. And so owners are with their dogs at all times. And from that flows the social environment and it becoming a place where people really want to come on a regular basis and be around other like-minded dog lovers. And because we're training them to be dog trainers, in effect, what they learn really carries on at home as opposed to having a a trainer just work with the dog in a, a board and train type setting. So the story, as I understand it, is a partner recruits another partner who share a vision for something that is unique, something that there should be a market for, something that is purpose-driven and who doesn't love dogs, and in the competitive set, something that's in a better position than almost anyone else offering anything within the canine world, and still the unit-level economics weren't working, and you weren't leading that charge at that time, but your discovery of that led to some retooling of the brand and its leadership as well. So why don't we pick the story up from there? Of course, Stan. So exactly. Once I realized that there was such a disconnect between what I saw as the potential to genuinely own the entire category of dog training on a not just national but global level and that that opportunity was there and incredibly attractive from how the stores were performing. I took the, I guess at the time it might have seemed drastic, but looking back, best thing I ever did. And that was I bought out my partner and at that point became the uh, CEO, took over the helm and put instantly a two-year moratorium on development. I wanted to just take apart the business. I had some dramatic changes I wanted to put in place for how we schedule things, how the classes flow, what that experience is like, the pricing model, so many other things that I was now seeing emerge in the data of how we could make the business so much more successful and satisfying for customers as well as for the bottom line. And I knew to build out a lot of the infrastructure I needed, I would also need more capital. So I used the two years to take apart and rebuild the concept while preserving its core values and look and feel, and also searching for a VC to come in to be a financial partner in the business to help me bankroll the growth I was going to need to do in building up that infrastructure. And what year would that have been? So that was 2016 at the top is when I took over and began the search and found the perfect VC. And they came on board in the latter part of 2017. 
So although the business started in 2009, well, started franchising, we really had a major pivot in, about five years ago, 2016, when I took over. But it, the, the clock for us really starts in mid-2018 when we implemented all of these plans with everything behind it and were able to truly launch Zoom Room as a 2.0 concept just a few years ago. So what happened to the franchisees that had signed on beginning in 09 and were just literally breaking even at best? How did they fare and where did they wind up in today's world? It varies. I mean, there were a few of them that were top performers on the chart and they stayed on and have continued to be long term. At this point, every one of our franchisees has renewed their term for another full term and other ones simply finished. Back then, we only had a five year term. These days we have a 10 year, which I believe is much more reasonable in terms of modeling your cash and looking at your return on the investment you're putting into a business. It's also much more in keeping with what is standard in in many sectors of franchising. But when the five years went up with the majority of the early people, they said, okay, that was fun. I got to play with dogs. I pretty much got out what I put in and they walked away and went off to do other things. So nobody came after you. Nobody was angry or you know, ravaging mad about wanting their money back or that they bought one thing and thought it was another. You didn't have any of that. No, I mean, I can can say, you know, I can't speak to the content of someone's mind and their emotions, but I can (laughs) certainly say our FDB is squeaky clean in terms of not showing any lawsuits or anything like that. So we, we haven't had to deal with any sort of messiness in that regard. I mean, it's amazing that you've gotten the opportunity to bring a brand like yours to market and get a second bite of the apple to where literally the brand is unblemished. The concept is every bit as powerful and inviting as it was in the beginning. You got a chance to write a book. What year was that? Yeah, the book, we were able to launch the book. I believe we're one of the only or the only franchise to write a book for consumers in the field of our expertise. And it was a book called Puppy Training and Seven Easy Steps. It became the best-selling dog training book in all of America in 2020. It's now, I think by some measures, the one of the second or third best-selling dog training books of all time. And that has really been phenomenal at putting the brand in the households, even in states and regions where we don't yet have a brick and mortar presence. And it's really been driving lead flow into new franchise candidates who first learned about us through that. And we hear regularly from our franchisees that they get new clients who first heard about us, especially during the pandemic, when there was this just enormous 700% increase in dog ownership in America. That is the kind of thing that is not a bubble, but will have lasting, lasting legs because those puppies are today's dogs and will continue to be an important trend in pet ownership in America that will serve us and the pet industry as a whole extraordinarily well as the years go on. So we also released a book just this past year on puppy training meant just for kids. And that was also very well received because so many families were bringing dogs in and wanted to include their children in the process. No pun intended, I'm sure, when you were talking about the lasting legs, right? Yes, none at all, (laughs) never. And you snuck the word pivot in on me too, which is something that I've been using that word an awful lot. It's been my word of the year for 2020. And literally, while while the rest of the world has had to pivot because of COVID, I really think that what you've just drawn attention to with the number of dogs that families have brought into their homes during the COVID crisis, those poor dogs are going to be needing what you can do for their families to keep them together once people start going out again. And dogs like mine, who've never had anything but a mom and dad home all day long, there's going to be a tremendous 
tremendous surge of need for training. Oh, there has been. I mean, at this point, the demand is outstripping our supply. So all of our stores are seeing significant wait lists. In 2020, we really didn't have to pivot our model because we were essentially built for a pandemic, even though we didn't realize it. Stan, if you and Jack had come to visit us 12 years ago, the first thing you would learn walking into a Zoom room is what we call the six-foot rule, that you have to keep six feet distance from you and all other clients at all times. <laughs> Not because we're psychic, but six feet is the average length of a leash. Right. And it helps just in case something does go wrong, it gives you exactly the amount of uh, reaction time necessary. We also teach a puppy preschool class for puppies who are at the ideal stage of development in their brains that where they need this training and socialization, and yet they don't have their full vaccinations yet. And so we'll tell them, well, your puppy really needs to benefit from this, but you can't go out of the house unless there's some place that's set up exactly to serve this need, which Zoom Room is. So we get tremendous referrals from vets. But what this means COVID-wise is we already used hospital-grade germicide to sanitize all important touch points and all of the equipment throughout the store because it has to be at that level of sanitation for puppies who don't yet have their vaccinations because we have adult dogs walking in off the street there as well. And we use some very small group classes, so we had no need to reduce congestion. We didn't have to do really anything other than the use of face coverings. So for us, our big pivot was really changing our business model significantly to stimulate people now viewing dog training at the Zoom room as a repeatable activity that they can do forever without any end goal in sight. And that changes all of the numbers in terms of lifetime revenue versus our cost to acquire and was able to virtually overnight make all of our stores significantly profitable as all of them are today. So what we're going to do right here is we're going to take a break. What I'd like to do when we come back is talk about those systems, processes, and learnings that brought a whole new look and feel to the back end of your business and how those franchisees are now profitable and happy and glad to be here. And then we'll talk some, too, about who it is that should be looking to Zoom Room as an opportunity because it fits their needs and purpose in life, as well as their need to make an income. We're talking with Mark Van Wy. He's the CEO of Zoom Room, and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools, that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot-on assessments, based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. 
My conversation continues with Mark Van Wy, CEO of Zoom Room, a one-of-a-kind canine franchise offering training for the owners, not for the dogs. I love that. I think that is so telling as to leveling the expectations of what people who have pets that need help, they think is what they're bringing themselves to you to gain when it's really not the pet that needs help, it's they themselves. And I suppose having a background as yours is in neuroscience, theater, drama, how did all that come together to get you into this world, Mark, and how do you use that every day? The neuroscience, to some extent, I mean, I guess could be a stand-in for my personal love of and a lot of experience teaching math and science. A lot of the success and the turnaround that we've had has been due to very careful applied behavioral economics, using subtle psychological shifts in our messaging and our structure, even just the way that our menus are organized, the way that information is presented to set anchors, expectations, and to model everything. I mean, at this point, tens of millions of points of data and to never be satisfied to rest on the laurels. Our year-over-year our year growth continues every single year since we did that relaunch a few years ago to be almost five times bigger than the pet industry itself. And we don't see an end in sight. I mean, we're now talking in 2021, and we're still blowing out record sales across our locations. So I think that helped. And the background in education, at some point, kids and dogs have very similar needs and my personal belief in positive reinforcement, which is simple and elegant, but also extremely well documented in the scientific literature, really helps us be able to connect all the threads. We can use positive reinforcement to keep our clients happy, to keep our franchisees happy, and to keep our dogs of our clients learning. And it really is a connecting thread. And it's the same tools that I've used successfully as both a teacher and as a parent. And you found a way to take this from being just a short-term relationship with your clients to being clients that have a lifetime value that exceeds a tremendous amount of those in your competitive set. Isn't that correct? Oh, exactly. I mean, if you think about it, most people today, if they get a dog, or I should say many of them, their first thought might be, well, I'll go to one of the usual suspects. Maybe I'll go to a big box. And sort of the traditional notion is it's like a six-class enterprise. I'll go take six classes because that's what you're supposed to do when you get a dog. And at the end of that six weeks, what the instructor at the big box might tell you is, okay, here's your graduation certificate, but here's the thing. I actually think you should take these six weeks over again because maybe your dog didn't learn at all. Or maybe your dog is just a whiz-bang and after a couple classes, your dog kind of knew everything. Everything, and it felt like a waste of time. At the Zoom room, 94% of our clients continue well past six classes. Six is not even a number that makes any sense. But we don't try to, well, we don't do a hard sell at the beginning and say, you're going to fall in love with us. This is going to become something you do with yourself, with your dog, with your kids, your significant other every week for years and years to come. Our prices are very reasonable, but over a very long time, you're going to spend in lifetime revenue way more than those places today where the trainer comes to your house and charges you a thousand bucks. We're only charging in drips and drabs. But this is going to become something that you just love. You know, when you go to yoga, you don't think, oh, one more yoga class and I graduated. I can say I now know yoga. There's no end. You do it forever because it's so much fun. It's great activity. Everyone's learning and having fun. I believed that dog training could be like yoga in that respect or other fitness practices. And all of the work we've done in restructuring has really been to prove out that model 
and we have now at locations around the country. And the results show in happy customers and happy franchisees and phenomenal profits. So let's lay out what a day in the life of a franchisee would look like in a business like yours. What's it look like? Well, we specifically look for people that have no prior experience. We are completely confident in our ability to use the training program we created ourselves. You know, we're looking for people who are extroverted and have a love of people and dogs. We can teach you everything you need to know to be the exemplar of dog training in your town. So we'll start off with a blank slate. After that, obviously, we'll have some franchisees. We signed our first multi-unit developers in 2020, a five-unit toward the end of the year in Dallas and a three-unit in in Austin earlier in the year. And when you are a multi-unit or otherwise semi-absentee, then you'll be doing what the semi-absentee might be of another concept. I'll focus on the single unit who wants to be in there every Mm -hmm. day, actually, with the clients. And for them, the real difference between a large enterprise like a a daycare kennel, where you're managing a 10,000-plus square foot facility and many employees, is the Zoom room is very small footprint. It's about 2,700, 3,000 square feet. And you only have two people working at a given time. So it could be you and then one employee. And it is lean, the payroll's tight, and the costs stay very low that way. It's an easy space to manage. It's like a gym, so it's a box. So keeping your place looking great and tidy is important. Restocking your inventory. We have a wonderful pro shop. We can compete very well with things like Amazon and Chewy, making businesses that just sell pet retail in a brick and mortar have a very hard time. But for us, we just got your new rescue dog who was so shy and living under the sofa after a couple classes to come up and walk over and be friendly to a stranger and wag her tail. And so when we say, hey, this is the puzzle we think you should get, that's sort of imbued with a bit of an aura. So that helps there. So you're taking care of the store. Maybe you're hiring up. You're going to maybe promote some of your desk staff to be trainers at your store in the future. So you may be doing some staff motivation or some staff training. But a lot of it is having clients coming in for their services, which are typically small group classes like puppy classes or agility where you're running around on the obstacle course. We do a lot of innovative stuff too, like indoor urban herding where instead of herding sheep, you're herding these big exercise balls into soccer goals. So the curriculum is super fun, and you yourself will be actually teaching these classes, interacting with clients on a very reliable basis, where you get invited to people's weddings and things like that, which is really lovely. The software we use automates many of the day-to-day tasks so that you don't have to be too concerned with those. So a lot of the client acquisition, client retention, A lot of that is done through sophisticated algorithms that we wrote ourselves, and that frees you up to really focus on taking care of the clients. So who teaches the franchisee to become an expert at dog training? How does that work? We have a fantastic team here at corporate. We have a a head trainer, Courtney, who is just wonderful at teaching the classes, and she partners with our director of operations, Liz, who's been with us the longest time. And the two of them together are our training team for new franchisees and help with all aspects of, of onboarding. And that includes certainly all of the dog training, but also learning the business itself, learning about the marketing, the software, facility management. We put tremendous care into every aspect of the business, like exactly how you merchandise your treats or your bowls or your collars and leashes. There is an art and science to all of this. 
everything gets piloted, tested, reported, measured. If we can't measure it, we don't do it. It's something that I feel very strongly about and, and governs everything that we do. And we're always innovating and trying new things. Some of them end up on the cutting room floor. And the ones that have tremendous potential get leveraged and pushed out to all of our locations. How long does it take for someone to train up and be prepared to begin doing what you've taught them and becoming a franchisee slash trainer as well? So from the moment you sign, you're doing several things in parallel. Obviously, you're looking for a site. And we, even though we are an emerging brand, we have a fully dedicated real estate team that's there to help you, armed not just with knowledge of your area, but with tremendous demographic research that we know in terms of what comprises our ideal clientele. And so while that real estate search is going on, at the same time, you're going through an online platform that will probably take you six to eight weeks. There's videos, there's reading, there's essays, it's interactive. You'll have a mentor checking on you and we're helping you through that process. And what that's going to do is really give you a grad school level understanding of animal behavior. And it's that foundation that in many ways is why we at this point have more five-star reviews than any other dog training business in the country. And a lot of it is because our trainers are such expert diagnosticians. You know, the teacher who doesn't just teach your daughter, but actually says, you know, I've been watching her and here's what I've noticed she's doing and gives you that kind of feedback so that you now understand them better and you can communicate in, in the case of dogs, understand their body language. So the ability to explain instead of just get the dog to do something, but to say why we're doing what we're doing and how it works and show all the little tricks behind the curtain. That's what really gains the trust and gains the understanding because we're not going to be there with you at home when you get home. And you won't just know the magic wand to wave to get your dog to do something or stop doing something. You'll really understand what the, the science is behind it. And it will make so much sense and be so easily digestible and comprehensible to anyone. Is it easily taught once the franchisee is certified and becomes uh, able to open and do what you've taught them to do? What happens to those that they bring on board? Who trains them? Is it the franchisee Great or do question. they come to you? Great question. So we set everything up so that at the point where you can bring up to two people to training with you, after that online, we do have an in-person training program, which takes 15 days. And over that period, the focus is on the things that don't work very well in an online platform. Platform. So that would be physical handling of obstacles and of dogs will bring in a lot of the typical types of dogs you might see in your actual Zoom room. So dogs that are highly reactive, right fresh out of a rescue, things like that. At that point, you're ready to open the next day as soon as your store is built out in terms of your training. About the time when you are going to be ready to start beefing up your bench and bringing on more trainers so that you can relegate to yourself some of the other activities of networking in the community and not do as many training hours yourself. And some people start their Zoom room off with multiple trainers this way. You yourself probably now have enough experience to put your trainee through the same program you did. But instead of us at corporate serving as the mentor, you will be the mentor to your own employee. And that's what happens in just about every case. Now, if there were some emergency and you had to send someone to corporate to get trained right away and you hadn't been doing it for long enough yourself, you could do that. There's like an additional training fee as in most franchises. I think we've maybe in all of our years seen that happen maybe once at the most. So figure nine months or so after you've started, you're probably already in a position to start doing the training of trainers yourself. You know, there are two key numbers that I always look at to 
ascertain the trajectory that a franchise concept is on. One would be the equivalent of the Yelp or social media, the, the consumer's perception and affection for the brand. In your case, net promoter scores, which I think are on the level of satisfaction, if I remember correctly, is like an iPhone or being a customer of Amazon. Those are huge, huge accolades. So you're clearly doing things right this second bite of the apple from the consumer's point of view. The other barometer for me, the other bellwether, would be the item 19 and the financial performance disclosures. Would you care to talk some about yours? Because from what I've studied, they are pretty unique. They are. We started 2020 with only six franchise locations, plus a few company stores. And that is not what you would normally expect from a brand that started when we did. But if you see that as the baseline of where where we launched, we, during the pandemic, opened three more stores, which are now up and running, taking us to 12 total today. We have three more openings shortly thereafter. And one of the things that people really love is that no matter what our current size is, that our item 19 includes profit and loss statements of all of our locations. It includes our cost to acquire. It includes our net promoter score. It includes our lifetime revenue. We even show because cash flow is equally important, especially for a single unit franchisee as just sheer profitability. We let people see how much cash you get back for a customer, even in a very short term, so that when you are planning out your advertising, you know how quickly you are recouping that. And the numbers are just incredible. So during COVID, we actually sold an additional 16 units. I mentioned a couple of the multi-unit deals. So for us, people were really, I think, seeing that opportunity. And we actually just sold another one today. I'm happy to announce. Congratulations. In, uh, Southern, thank you, in Southern California. So things are really taking off. And I do think that being able to look at item 19 and see what the net profit margin is and all of that really helps people understand and able to model things out and visualize. It's so appealing and fun and, and just cool on the outside, but to know that the numbers are there under it, that gives people so much more reassurance, whether they're coming in to own an entire region, since we do have a lot of territory availability, or to just have one beloved store to start. How are you managing the geographic growth? I note on your store locators that you've got a lot of country between the East and the West Coast, and you've got many locations that you're developing, I guess, on either East or West. So are you pushing into areas that are adjacent and going concentric, or are you able to support franchisees that would open in any of the 48 continuous states. We're able to go anywhere. I think that franchising has changed dramatically because of the internet. The fact that so much of what we do, we can do remotely in terms of the support that we provide. We have such an excellent support system and we do site visits. And as we grow organically, of course, we'll be bringing on additional operations staff to provide that support and assign them specific regions that will add an additional efficiency right there. But right now we have stores that are opening in the next few months in Colorado, in Nevada, in Seattle, in Southern California, really spread all over the place. And for us, that works just fine. It's lovely for us that we already know, even though we have one store alone in Virginia, it's knocking it out of the park. And that gives us great assurance that yes, we're based in Southern California. So naturally, we get the most interest and we have the most stores here. But there are some things that are very specific to California and Southern California that wouldn't necessarily work elsewhere. So the fact that we have stores thriving in Texas and in Seattle and in Virginia and in Orlando now, Arizona, that's fantastic. I mean, it lets us know that we know what we're doing 
and that we have an excellent sense of where this concept will work, which is not anywhere rural, but wherever you've got a decent population density of educated people, we're there and we'll, we'll do great. What are your goals now for development for the rest of 21 and into 22 and 3? We expect to have 20 open would be the goal for the end of this year with probably a bench of about another 20 in the process of opening. And we would hope to end 2023, certainly with 50 units open by then. 2022, I guess, will be some number in between those two numbers. Totally recession resistant, totally millennial friendly, culturally or a purpose driven business. Mark, I think you've got a great many lessons learned yourself. I really, really appreciate your humility in offering to share those lessons with an audience of emerging franchisors who will benefit from learning about the mistakes that were made that hopefully prevent them from making a few of those themselves and for not giving up on your brand and for retooling and investing in it such that those who can invest as franchisees know that they are on steady legs and that you've got sustainable in front of growth and sensible in front of franchising. Yeah, I really appreciate it and grateful we had a chance to, to talk and tell that story about sometimes the smartest thing you can do is just go full stop and fix what's broken and then put your head down and keep going. How about some contact info for those that may want to reach out to you? Certainly, zoomroom.com slash franchise would be where you could learn everything about the opportunity. We've got a lot of great information there, videos so you can see what a Zoom room looks like to visualize it. And that is, I'd say, your best way in is zoomroom.com slash franchise. Thanks so much for being here, Mark. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it. What a fun brand and great story. But that's a wrap for this week. I'll be back next Wednesday and we'll do it all again. Until then, keep making great things happen for yourselves and those in your orbit. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.